turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse 33. Susie is not here tonight, and I think you saw the two reasons this morning that she is not here. I want you to know we didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, why can't people get to church when they got little ones? Well, us grandparents are not used to that anymore. I am telling you, man, they are a handful. So, anyway, that's my excuse for her tonight. Mark chapter 4 and verse 33. What I want to speak about tonight is the mistakes that people make when we're following Christ. These are mistakes that people make while we're following Christ. And if you, if you write in your, uh, in your Bibles, you might look. I, I think I preached this sermon in 2011. September or something like that, and uh, I've got on my desk, I've got sermons. The Lord leads me in, in, in to, to bring a sermon, and He's given me a whole series for the month of, of February going into March, and as we, we come up on the, the Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, but I've got this whole pile of sermons that I want to preach on my desk, and I'm like, man, these need to be but I can't get y'all up here on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night to come and hear those sermons. So uh, every now and then I kind of work one in. And this is one that that I really think that we need to look at and and, uh, and hear again and, and implement. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, it's Sunday before last. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what the... Uh, I can't think now what I was fixing to say. I went I went fishing with a buddy this last week. And you know what the blessing of getting old is? is? Me and him go fishing every year. We've fished every year for the last six years, one particular week. And we wind up sitting there and telling each other the same stories over and over. And I sat there and I looked at him this week and I said, Larry, have I told you about this? And he says, no, I don't think so. So I tell him the story. And you know the good thing about getting old is I can't remember if I told him and after I tell him he can't remember if I've told him at all. So uh, we just said every year and we tell the same stories to each other over and over for the last six years and it's all anew to us. So I can't remember what I was fixing to tell you. No, that's the way it is with marriage. So all right. <laughs> that's bad. All right. I want us to look. At, I want us to look at this this uh, this uh, event that took place in Jesus' time when he was with his disciples. This is an event that all of us are familiar with. This is the night that that Jesus is on the boat and his disciples are with him, and a storm comes up, and and he they have to wake him up, and they said, "Lord, don't you care?" And we're going to read this in just a minute. And he says, "Where is your faith?" Where is your faith? You've been with me all this time. You've seen me do all these miracles. And he's asking them, where is their faith? Well, what I want to do tonight is I want to look at mistakes that we make in following Christ. These are some of the mistakes that we make. And we're going to see some of these same mistakes carried out in the disciples as they worried about what was taking place that night. Let's begin in verse number 33. Mark chapter 4, verse 33 And it says there, and with much 
And with many such parables spoke he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spoke he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And that same day, in other words, he's had a busy day. He's been preaching and teaching all day. And that same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. They were there on the Sea of Galilee. And basically the Sea of Galilee, if we were to to look at it today, we would really just call it a huge lake. But they called it the Sea of Galilee. And he tells them, and, and you've heard this message preached before. He said, let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus is telling them, tonight we're going to go from this side of the bank to the other side of the bank. I mean, I know you've probably heard that before. But let's, let's continue with the story, or the, the event, verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as, as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships... And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Now, did you notice that? How much water is in the boat? It's full. All right? And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, is that not a silly question? I mean, and now listen, and I don't know if... It, if any of you have ever seen some of the boats that they used on the Sea of Galilee, over in Indonesia, they have similar boats. These are not just huge, monstrous boats. Most of these boats are made for fishing. Most of these boats do not have cabins in the bottom. What they have is you go down and the ribs of the boat is where you're, if you're going to take a nap, and I have in several trips to Indonesia, you find a comfortable place down there and you might have a board laid up across two of those things and you get up on that board and you balance yourself and you put a pillow down and that's where you take a nap. The bottom of this ship was full of water and they're asking Jesus, do you not care that we perish? Now what did Jesus tell them what they were going to do before they ever left the bank? What did he say? We're going to the other side. Verse 39, and he arose and he rebuked the wind. He said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Okay? Now, you know, sometimes we take what God's Word says in here, sometimes we take it lightly. When Jesus says we're going to the other side, Jesus means we're going to the other side. Now, he didn't say there wasn't going to be a storm in between, but he just said, we're going to go to the other side. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it. But when he said this, and they realized what was going on, and he said, peace be still, then he asked them the question, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And verse 41 says, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves and the sea obey him? So what we're doing here is we, he's got 12 disciples with him. They're following him and they're wanting to do what Christ desires for them to do. So let's look in our walk, everyday walk as Christians. Let's look at our walk and let's see what some of the mistakes that we make. And then listen, I'm not, I'm not saying y'all make, I'm saying we make in our walk with Christ. One of the things 
that where we make mistakes is we refuse to obey God's word. All right? One of the mistakes that we make in following Christ, he tells us right here, have faith in what my word says and everything else is going to take care of itself. He says, put your faith in what God's word says. Now, what does God's word say about certain things? I want you to know this is a common discussion that I have during the week with people from the church. They're wanting to do what God says, and one of the discussions is, well, Brother Wayne, do I tithe on gross or do I tithe on net? Do I tithe on what my, my whole paycheck is or do I just tithe on what I come home with? So, and, and that's just, that's a common question. Believe it or not, that's a common question. Now, I want, to, I want to answer that question and in two ways. Look with me in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Now, I'm going to read this verse. You're going to say, Brother Wayne, you're always reading that verse. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4. Romans 15 and verse number 4. If you hadn't highlighted it, go ahead and highlight it because I'm going to use this scripture a lot because it's in God's Word and this is what we're to do. Verse 5, chapter 15, verse number 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime. When was aforetime? What scriptures is he talking about? The Old Testament scriptures is what he's talking about. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. In other words, they were written for an example to us that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So when it comes to the subject of giving our offerings unto the Lord... What example did he give in the Old Testament? What word do we use when we talk about giving our money to the Lord? What word do we use? The word tithe. Do you know what the word tithe means? Does the word mean does the word tithe mean twenty dollars? Does the word tithe mean giving an offering? The word tithe simply means this. It simply means ten percent. Okay? Well, wait a minute, Brother Wayne, and I, I want you to know this is a subject that's taking place in our Sunday school class. It's what's the difference between the law, which is written in the Old Testament, and the area that we live in today, grace. What does the New Testament say about giving? Well, I'm glad you ask. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2, it says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. Paul says, listen, on the first day of the week, when's the first day of the week? Sunday, when we gather together. He says, when you gather together, he says, you take up an offering of what God has prospered you with. And I think what he is saying there, I, I'm not, he, he doesn't say tithe. He doesn't use that word. But what he does say, listen, where one has been given much, he should Give back much. Where one is given little, he should have to be given back little. In other words, I think it basically mentions, again, it is a portion or a proportion of how you have been prospered. How God has blessed you. And I don't mind telling you. I believe God does not mean it just with your paycheck. I believe God wants us to give back how he has proportioned you. You've heard me say it before. In your garden. In, in how God blesses you if you go fishing. In how God blesses you if you have 
a, a, a business and He profits you or you bonus or something. Hey, listen, I believe God wants you to give how He has given unto you. Do you know one of the mistakes that people make today? One of the mistakes that people make today is they do not read God's Word and apply God's Word in their life and they're wondering why things are just falling apart. We just do not do what God's Word says. On this area of the subject of tithing, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is writing back again to the same church, the church at Corinth. He says, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall do what? Reap sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall what? Reap bountifully. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I'm just, listen, one of the mistakes that people make today in following the Lord is they do not do what God's Word says. Does God's Word say we are to give back to Him? Absolutely it does. And I don't know how many people had the conversation this week. Well, I just can't afford to tithe. I can't, even if you don't, I can't afford to give back to God. We just barely scrape by. And let me tell you what, you can't afford not to give back. We simply can't afford not to give back. I'm telling you, if you take for granted every breath you take, if you take for granted every heartbeat that you have, you're taking something for granted that does not belong to you. The only reason that you're breathing today, the only reason that you have a heartbeat today is because God has blessed you with it. It is not upon your own strength or own power that you're able to have that. If you have a job that you make lots of money, I want you to know it's because God has given you the ability, He's given you the opportunity, He has given you the strength or the knowledge or whatever it is that it allows you to work that position. It's because God gave you those things and it is not of your own self that you've got those things. I think I got that point across. We refuse to obey God's Word. One of the things that God's Word tells us is to pray without ceasing. I want you to know, everything that we do, everywhere we go, we should saturate it in prayer. Every decision we make, we should saturate it in prayer. That is one of the things that we should do. I, I want you to look at this scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want you to look at this one. This is another thing that he tells us to do. And I want you to know that this is something This is something that a lot of people tell me. They say, well, Brother Wayne, I can't do that. But the scripture says that we can. Let me, let me find it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 5. One of the things that God's Word tells us to do, if we're wanting to walk and have the mind of Christ, which the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 1 that we can have, that we can have the mind of Christ, one of the things that we've got to do is exactly what it says right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 5, it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let's go back and look at that for just a second. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. What our society tells us today is God's Word says that He will do this and the imaginations of man says, no, you can't do that. They bring up things and says it goes against what God says and what He is telling us, listen, we need to quit dwelling on the things that the world says and we need to begin to focus on the things that God says and He says this, take captive every thought. Some people tell me, they say, Brother Wayne, you can't control your thoughts. I care to differ with you. The Word of God says you can, you can control your thoughts. But the world says, no, no, you can't. You can't control your thoughts. Well, the Scripture right here says this. It says you quit listening to the world and you start listening to God's Word. You take control of your thoughts. I'm telling you, if you're starting to have bad thoughts, start singing this song. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. You know what? You can't have evil thoughts and be praising the Lord at the same time. If you're beginning to be captive by thoughts that is going to be detrimental to your walk, you start singing praises to God and you have taken captive those thoughts that have entered your mind. You are of the flesh. You're going to have those. But the scripture says you can take captive those thoughts. One of the mistakes that we make in following Christ is we do not implement and obey what God's word says in our life. One of the things, and it's in Romans, I want to say it's Romans 10 and 5. I'm not sure. No, that's the scripture. No, Romans 10 and 5. Does it say faith cometh by hearing? No, it don't. Maybe it's 9 and 5. I can't remember where it's at. Somebody tell me where, where that scripture is. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can't remember where it's at. Y'all know the scripture I'm talking about. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know how it's, you know what's hard to do? It's hard to obey God's word if you do not know God's word. 17. I thought it was in chapter 10. Chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So if you want to be able to follow after Christ, if you want to uh, uh, not make mistakes, one of the things that we've got to do is you have got to know God's Word. Look at another place with me. Look in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Yeah, this is like a Bible drill, isn't it? 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted to preach this message tonight because of this one verse. Because I'm telling you, bless, kiddos, man, listen to me. If you don't get in God's Word, let me tell you, it's a hard road to hoe in the society that we're being brought up in, or y'all are being brought up in. Okay? It's, it's, man, and some of our older folks, you have seen the detriment of this world go down the toilet, haven't you? 
I mean the morality of our world is horrible. This is what it says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressingly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. We'll just stop right there. But what he is saying there, he says, listen, the day is coming in the latter times when people are going to get away from this. And, and I think we see that over and over and over in our society today. One of the reasons, one of the mistakes that we make as we're following after Christ is we do not obey the Word of God that is right there in front of us. We think that we, it's better if we do it the way we think. And the Bible warns us about that in Proverbs chapter 3. Lean not upon your own understanding, but depend upon the Lord for your understanding. All right. I, well, I'm not going to get but about two points done tonight, but that's okay. I was, I was thinking as we were uh, traveling this last week, I was telling Susie, we're driving down the road and my GPS little voice lady was saying, turn left. And I'm thinking, honey, we are going the wrong way. The sun is coming up over there and we need to be going east and it is telling me to go left. I said, we're going west. I said, this is not the right way. I know the right way to go. And, and, and after a while, of course, she was right and I was wrong. But, but it was having to take me a road west that then took me up north that then took me to a road that headed east. And I, I didn't realize that. All I knew is I was in my, my will and my thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. We are going the wrong way. We need to stop and we need to find a road that goes east and we need to stop going west. We're going in the wrong direction. Sometimes... If you're obedient to God's Word, what you're going to find, wait a minute, God, this is not the right way. But I'm telling you, if you will lean upon His Word, you're going to head in the right direction. God's going to get you to where you need to be. Can you imagine what, what Moses thought when God led him and all of these millions of Israelites up to the edge of the Red Sea? Can you imagine Moses looking back at God and saying, God, you brought us to a dead end. But we forget that we serve a God that there is nothing impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. God created it all and He controls it all. And Man, if we would just be willing to be obedient to Him, read His Word and apply His Word to our lives, I want you to know He's going to take you where you need to be. Number two. Number two in... I was mentioning this again. Man, I have all kinds. Of, I was on vacation all week until Friday. And I'm telling you, I've done a lot of counsel Friday and Saturday with people who've called the church and, and talked to them. Another one of the things that I talked I talk to about this week is a lot of people refuse to listen to godly counsel. Where are you going to find godly counsel? Huh? Say it, somebody say it again. You're going to find godly counsel in the church. 
I, I, I can't help it. If you stay at home and you watch TV and you let the, the TV preachers or whatever to be your, your Sunday morning worship service, listen, you might think that's a good and great and dandy thing, but according to God's Word, He tells us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. He, he organized the church to be His hands and feet. And you can use all the excuses in the world not to assemble yourself with God's church, but God's Word tells us that we are to find godly counsel among His people. He calls the church a family of God. He calls it the body of Christ. I want you to know the best counsel you're going to find if you're having problems or situations, and I could ask some of you here tonight to give testimony about I have come to church, and because me being here, I have received good counsel. I have received godly counsel. I have received support from my family. Let me tell you, you can't find that at home sitting in front of a TV. Alright? Hey, if you're homesick, man, Turn that TV on and hear a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching preacher. Hey, go for it. But other than that, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Look what it says in Proverbs 12 and verse 15. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. And this is talking again about that godly counsel that he tells us to, to look after. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. I like, I like the way he says it too. He doesn't beat around the bush. It says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that heareth, that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. So when we're talking about uh, people who refuse, if, you, if you're, some of the mistakes that people make in following Christ, some of the mistakes they will call, who's the new guy, Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil or Oprah or there's another, Drew or somebody, I think somebody. And man, they, they will come and they will repeat some of the things that these people say. And I'm telling you, the most godly counsel that you can find is going to be right here in the church. As a matter of fact, when we look in 1 Corinthians and Paul is talking to the church there, this is what he says. He says, listen, I can't believe y'all are suing each other. Okay? This is what he... He says, take some of the lowly people in your church even they can solve some of the problems that you're fussing and fighting over. Take some of the load. They understand. They are godly counsel. He says, don't bring your fusses and fighting before the world and their court system. you got a problem. I'm telling you, we have some wise people at our church. And I'm not talking about wise. I'm saying, listen, we've got people who know God's Word and can instruct you in God's Word in a situation that you're in. Seek godly counsel. That's what the Word of God says for us to do. Some of the mistakes that we make, first of all, is we refuse to obey God's Word. The second thing is we refuse to listen to godly counsel. And the third thing, and I'll end with this one. I've got five, by the way, but I'll end with this one. The third one is, is we follow after the crowd. 
We follow after the crowd. Run, go with me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. Verse number 6. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Paul has gone to this province. It's a province of Rome in Galatia. Several, several churches there. And he has gone and he has established these churches. And another group comes in and they're teaching this different doctrine. And they go, oh, really? We haven't heard this before. This is what Paul says in verse number 6. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. I used to say this, and I have to admit, I used to say it when I was in the fire department. My motto was this, just go with the flow. Man, just go with the flow. Don't cause ripples. Don't cause... just." Just go with the flow. Listen, if you just go with the flow in our society today, you're going to wind up in the dump. Okay? Your life is going to wind up in, the, in, in shambles. Do not follow the crowd. The Bible tells us that narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting and wide is the road that leads to destruction. Do not go with the flow. Go with what God's Word says. Do not listen to every wind of doctrine that comes along. Ephesians chapter 4, just go over a couple of pages. Ephesians chapter 4 says this is what the, the duty and the, uh, of the church is. And verse number 14, the duty of the church is that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. We're going to stop there. Would y'all like those other two points just for to write them down? Yeah. yeah. The next one was well, some of the mistakes that we make in following Christ is we refuse to wait upon the Lord. Write down Isaiah 64 and 4. The Bible tells us that those who wait upon the Lord will be blessed. The last one, making mistakes and following Christ, is we refuse to change course. We refuse to change course. James chapter 1 and verse 22 tells us not to be hearers of the words, but doers of the word also. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we can consider in following after the Lord. A lot of things that we need to consider in following after the Lord. This is what Jesus told him. He says, guys, let's get on the boat and let's go to the other side. Now, it, it's hard to perceive that when the boat is full of water, isn't it? It's hard to perceive when you come up against the Red Sea and you're supposed to be running from the enemy, and you see them approaching behind you, and there's no place to go. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. All things are possible when we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father.